Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. All right, Sam, think we're in uh, a Giants team <laughs> uh, playing the Western Conference uh, semifinal or final for the Western Conference. Uh, not how you wanted it to end. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling right now? Uh, man, so many emotions going through. I mean, it's uh, one sense it's disappointing because we didn't accomplish our goal, which was to win a championship. On the other hand, 120 minutes, 0-0, zero, zero, six to five on pins. I mean, you can't no kidding. You, you, you can't really be disappointed with yourself after a performance like that. So, right. you know, disappointed for sure. But you know, we're not. We're keeping our heads up, held high for that performance. Definitely, it was hard fought, a long game. How are those legs feeling? <laughs> Man, overtime was. <laughs> no kidding. Every, every time. Uh, Guys were going down like flies. Yeah, every, every time that we would get to come in for you know halftime or whatever, Jimmy would just say, just you know, it's all about heart now. It's all about heart. And um, you know, when your legs can't go and your lugs can't go, it's it's down to how how much you can push yourself. And I'm proud of the way that we pushed ourselves tonight. Talk about Jimmy. Talk about OKC. Man, it's been a it's been a great experience. Um, you know, Jimmy. <laughs> If you watch him on the sideline, if you talk to any of the players, he's just a player's coach. He just gives you so much confidence. He cares. He cares so much. And as a player on the field, you know, that, that means a lot. Um, and as much hard as we show on the field, you know, a lot of that comes from him. So it's been a great experience. Um, and Oklahoma City has been has been tremendous to us, too. So. Yeah. Well, last time I saw you, uh, you were in a ice bath yeah. in Florida. <laughs> IMG in preseason. We're all over the world. It was a long time ago yeah. at that point. I remember you saying you weren't sure if you were going to get in the starting 11. Mm -hmm. It's been a good season for yeah, you. Yeah. Obviously, you've been in the starting 11 most of the season, Yeah, right? so right after, we, uh, right after we spoke, I found out I broke my foot. Um, so, oh. I missed, so I missed um, the first half. But then... Uh, once I once I was healthy, I got in and, and didn't miss a beat. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, and then you guys were dabbling in three in the back, and today you were right back. Yeah, yeah. yeah Can we man. go through like what? It's crazy. Where it's you crazy. played throughout the year? Um, we just got man. We've got a lot of good defenders, mm -hmm. and uh, so defensively solid team. Right, it seemed. right. And so you know, three in the back was just because we had three solid center backs. You couldn't awesome. make a decision, and felt like having all of us on the field would be the best decision. And then. We've recently we've gone back to four and then uh, tonight you know we've been unlucky with some injuries um, and I was asked to do a role that isn't my usual <laughs> role and I was happy to do it and yeah and uh, felt good yeah I think you know there were some fast guys you had to go up oh yeah, imagine yeah that was a bit different yeah it is it is I think the the biggest difference is just the 1v1 aspect, right. you know, having to deal with those guys because usually in the center, I'm, I don't do much 1v1. I just big and tough and hit guys. Yeah. But it was a good change of pace. Um, you know, like I said, I can't, can't be disappointed with it. Does that mean Richard was hurt? Yeah, I was going to ask, that was my first question. was going to yeah, be, how does Richard feel about you taking a spot? Yeah, here, no, 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 no. Didn't. I had a feeling it wasn't that. Yeah, no, he, uh, unfortunately, he, he got an injury. Um, a few days ago, actually. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so it's unlucky, but got to move forward, you know, just like they did when I was injured. Yeah, so the last thing I want to bring up is I had to bring up the the picture <laughs> that went on Twitter with all the ex Yeah, guys. yeah. Um, I didn't want to bring all you guys out here, but I had to mention that. I yeah. thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I wanted to let you know St. Louis fans are in love with it. Oh, it's good. everywhere. Yeah. So no, that had we, to be a good feeling to it, get it, further. And yeah, no, it was, it was good, and it wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't a knock on 
course. any of the St. Louis fans. I have nothing but respect for them. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't just directed at St. Louis. There are plenty of people sure. through my life and through their lives that have, have told them that they're not good enough and they'll never make it. So mm. just a uh, bit, bit of pride, a bit of excitement. Mm-hmm. Maybe pulled the trigger a little too soon, but it's all right. It's no, it's not done. at all. I thought it was good. Um, so it's done for you now. That's bitter for sure but uh what do you what do you hope to do are you going back to st louis um yeah so i'll, I'll spend my off season in st louis with my wife she's actually pregnant so oh, congratulations. yeah thank you so she's due january 14th we'll uh go through that and and uh you know i'm i'm a free agent now i guess so okay so we'll see what next year brings um very happy in oklahoma city but you know soccer's a crazy game so you never indeed. know what's gonna happen yeah all right well thanks for talking to me hey man Really, really good to talk to Sam uh, after that game. Crazy game, not super exciting in that there weren't a ton of goals, but uh, it was just exciting for me to see St. Louis players playing outside of the St. Louis systems that have been in the last three years. Um, You know, Musa looking very much like Musa. Uh, He got forward once or twice, and uh, he definitely shot the ball both times. No surprise there, but he did hang back. He was a little more conservative than, than we saw late in the season from him in St. Louis. Um, let's see Chad Bond subbed in late in the game was, uh, not a whole lot happening with him. Honestly, I think they bring him in to help usually help shut down games or to bring in some fitness. It seems like, uh, Sam Fink, like you hear in the interview there was playing right back since Richard Dixon was down. Like Richard said the day before the game, which is just terrible, not just for Richard, but for the team to have to switch gears like that. Uh, But Sam looked really good. Like he wasn't he was super he looked like a center back playing right back. So he was extremely defensive, um, maybe just a little bit slow on like some of the fast moves that the, the wingers would make on him. But I don't think he ever really dropped the ball completely on anybody. I think maybe Tyler Pasher got a shot or two off, but Tyler Pasher is going to do that to some of the best right backs in the league. So uh, bravo, Sam. I think he did a great job. Um, he even got forward and put in some some good crosses a few times in that game. So um, honestly, uh, a good a good guy for Nielsen to pick to, to go to right back because I think he did a good job, all things considered. So um, like I said, really good talking to him. I wanted to kind of talk to everybody, but uh, the OKC guys – all looked pretty down about what happened. And, um, so, and then the Swope Park guys, I had my kid with me. I had Elliot with me. So we needed to get out of there. It was like 1030. We had to do a bunch of other things before we went back to where we were staying. So I needed to get out of there. I felt bad for keeping him up so late, but he had a great time. It was in the big stadium. Um, if you were wondering, yes, everyone was piled into one side of the stadium. So that's why it looked a little bit full that, you know, the whole, the where the goal goals are on the that end of the stands and then the the uh, side where the cameras are were completely empty so everything you saw on camera as far as a crowd was everything that was there um, but it was a good crowd um, interestingly the OKC guys had almost as loud a crowd uh, a supporter section as the Swope guys who very much outnumbered them so. Part of that, I think, was the drums were much louder on the OKC side. Not necessarily the people, but eh, who knows? Uh, maybe something to be of note that if you have a lot of drums, you almost sound bigger and better and exciting, um, more exciting than the guys with quieter drums. Who knows? Uh, but 
good game to go to, a good scene. It was entertaining. Uh, a good storyline with all the PKs, the uh, goalkeepers deciding uh, who who was going to win and go on to the final. Could have been anyone. I think both teams at, at one point thought they were done and, and were revived by two goal uh, two goals in a row or a save or two in a row. So uh, it was cool, you know, 0-0, a little bit dull game, but the PKs were interesting and crazy and uh, the atmosphere, like I said, light atmosphere was good. So, um, but now for the, um, the main thing I think you're probably here for, that's to hear Jeremy Allenbaugh's review of the season, uh, talking about, uh, what is going to happen next season. Uh, not as many specifics as I think everybody wants. Um, and that's just not available right now. And I think that's all I'm going to say, but, um, the rest, you know, you get some answers about why it went wrong or how it went wrong or what they're doing to, to make it better. Uh, and then we don't end it on all bad notes. We try to get those out of the way in the first half of, of the conversation. So um, I'm not going to talk anymore. Just kind of wanted to reflect on the Swope OKC game. That was kind of fun. Um, it's always good to go to another place and, and watch some soccer. I uh, wanted to go to the Louisville final, um, but I'm out of town uh, doing getting my hunting thing on. So um, not able to go to that. Uh, I am considering going to that Columbus final. So if any St. Louis guys are going, let me know. I'd love to, uh, catch up if you're going to that, assuming they make it. Um, so, all right, that's all here. We have, um, right now we're going to listen to me talking to Jeremy Allenbaugh up at the Toyota field. All right. I'm meeting here with Jeremy Allenbaugh, the GM of St. Louis FC. He agreed to meet me today to talk about uh, wrapping up the season and, and talking about what, what happened throughout the season. Jeremy, how's it going today? I'm doing good. We're in this fancy uh, conference room. Uh, it looks really nice. You were telling me, what were you telling me about it? It used to be AB. People don't know this. Yeah, no, obviously the soccer park was built, you know, a big part together by Anheuser-Busch and it was their, their facility. So this is a a boardroom where there's probably been some very interesting meetings throughout the years, yeah. so it's got some history. <laughs> there's been some interesting meetings since we took over uh, <laughs> as well. Continuing been, that. Yeah, right? it, but um, so no, it's a good setup, got some history, and it's just, uh, you know, it, it's one of the, you know, special uh, parts here in the park for sure. Yeah, definitely, among other historical things, of course, in this whole park. Um, let's talk about the season. Let's uh, go ahead and get the bad out of the way. Um, I, we'll talk about more interesting things later, but uh, people are definitely asking questions about, you know, it's the third season not making the playoffs. Um, what would you say to people that are saying things like, should this should Jeremy stay? Should we keep the GM? Um, should we keep the whole front office? Um, how, what's your reaction to those things that you, of course, people will say on Twitter and, and sure. I don't know. no, look, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm glad that people are asking those questions because it means we've done our job, uh, in some ways over the first three years of building a, uh, a fan base and supporters that are passionate and, and really care. Um, if you look at, uh, at sports in the United States and sports across the world, um, real teams and real clubs have people that go through real problems and real issues and uh, and they learn from them, they build from them, and uh, they become stronger of them. So it does not bother me that people ask questions. You know, should I return? Should you know this player return? What about the front office? You know, attendance. You know, dipped a couple hundred people. Should we be looking at this? I mean, those are fair questions, and that's mm-hmm. okay. There's no issue with that. Uh, I'm a firm believer that we are making progress. I'm a firm believer that we are going to continue to build off some of the strengths from the season, and then learn from some of the things that didn't go so well. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all going to be judged on, you know, results and, and performances. 
uh, and, and we've got to do better with some of those things. So we're hard at work at it, but we stay confident in, in what we're doing. Doesn't mean we're not changing and tweaking some things, learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, to be honest, just completely uh, you know, happy that people really give a shit, for lack of a better way to say mm-hmm. it. It's just that simple, right? They care. And um, that matters. So it's uh, that means we have real fans and not just yeah. people that like to uh, to go drink beer on a Saturday night. And if their soccer game is there, that's okay too. And you know, so that's uh, that's just part of the deal. Indeed, it is. And those are the ones that'll probably come back. You know, the ones that care that much. Um, how about you know? This is every year. There's kind of something to learn, like you said, but. Um, it almost feels like we've been one step behind each way, you know what I mean? And so what are you doing this year to kind of, in the off season and as you develop into the next year, what are you doing to kind of get one step ahead? No, it's a, it's a fair question. I think we're, we're going through a bunch of processes. So off the field, we're looking at, you know, some groups have come in and kind of changed the game in USL off the field with uh, how they're going about things. And when we came in 2015, we were one of those, clubs that was viewed as doing that as well and then I don't think we rested on it but I think others came in and upped the ante so to speak Um, some of them came in with existing front offices and groups like a Reno Um, some of them benefited from a first year bump Um, you know so I think you know what we're doing right now is we're tackling um, to make sure that we stay up with the Joneses and whether that's investments or modernizing how we tackle some marketing, some ticketing, some fan engagement things, we're making a handful of changes there that are really going to push the envelope as far as how we get the brand out there. And look, we're never going to be a club that's going to drop um, huge amounts of money on marketing or advertising. In our market, we're going to get lost. Uh, doing that, we have to be grassroots, but that doesn't mean we can't have um, some other alternative ways of getting the name out there. So we're working very hard at that off the field and really pushing everybody to analyze where they are, where they've been, and where they want to go within their department, and then as a club. Uh, on the soccer side, we're doing the same thing. Um, you know, I think it was Cincinnati made some comments about uh, Tampa bringing in some of the players they have and how the league looks different. Um, so I think that's a fair comment is that we have to look, uh, you know, at what trends are happening, whether it's, you know, certain you know, international players. Now, look, we're not going to sign Joe Cole. We're not going <laughs> to sign Pirlo from New York City FC when he retired. That's not going to happen. That's not going to be our model, but we feel we can have a model that can win. And you can look at, you can point to other teams in the league yeah. uh, that have won and have had some success, and we, we know we can do it. So we're just, you know, really looking hard at our recruitment and our scouting and where's the league going. Is it becoming more technical? Is it becoming more athletic? Mm-hmm. Uh, these clubs that are coming in, what's their what's their end game? So like in Nashville, what are they trying to do? So where are they going to go? Um, when Birmingham comes in 2019, what are they going to be about? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I, you know, I think we knew those teams were coming in. We knew some teams were making changes, but maybe we didn't fully look and say, okay, these guys are going to come in and they're going to do X, Y, and Z to compete. Um, so we have to look hard at those. You mentioned some marketing things, and I think on that grassroots level, I've heard people wondering, you know, why doesn't St. Louis FC put out the the big mass marketing kind of things on, on that upper level? You mentioned it getting lost in, in this market. Can you be a little more specific about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, St. Louis is one of the bigger markets uh, in USL. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot we compete with. You know, we compete with the with the zoo. We compete with obviously the Blues and the Cardinals. Um, we compete with uh, just being in a in a bigger market. So what it takes to, you know, with marketing, you either drop a lot to make you know some noise, mm-hmm. um, and then but there's the tough thing about marketing is it's very difficult to really see what your rate you know of return is on things. Now there's 
metrics that we use and stuff that you know that we do um but i think it's just it's easy to get lost sometimes in in the world now with um you know you throw some ads on a radio does that help do you throw you know we've done some tv advertising on some epl games and stuff but you know now in today's world who watches commercials any, anymore mm-hmm. you know and so we do a lot of stuff on digital um yeah. so in in ad boards and stuff so it's just you know st louis is a is a bigger market than say some of the other cities that that you know we compete against um but that doesn't mean we're going to quit trying it doesn't mean we're not going to make investments uh we continue to grow and grow in that area uh and what we're going to do but you know we know our our crowd our base so to speak and we know how to reach them now we have to hit the others that we know are out there that just haven't come yet so the tv deal was a was a great example of that mm-hmm. you know two years ago i would I sat in the league meetings and said, why, would we, why do we need to be on local TV? And, you know, we know at the end of this year, we had people that came out to some of the games at the end because they saw us on KPLR and, you know, had maybe heard something about us but didn't really know what it was about. That's big. Yeah, it's huge. That's good to actually see a return on that investment. Correct. That's great. Um, how about we um, started from scratch this year with pretty much from scratch with the uh, roster. And so um, – any regrets in that way in making that decision? Obviously, we brought in a, a big coach, and so doing that kind of something, you, you were going to follow him and do what he wanted. So um, how did that go down as far as looking back in hindsight, being 2020? Yeah, it's always easy in, in sports and in, in business and uh, you know, and, and to look back and say, oh, if we would have done this or we would have done that, that's the easy thing to do. The hard thing to do is is really to be honest, and I think if you look at it, at our roster and, and want to have some honest conversations is, um, you know, we, we brought in a certain type of player and we had success with some of those guys and some of those guys that we brought in didn't have success. So I think as far as the makeup of the roster is, and look, Precky and I had conversations about this three months into the season. You know, we, the roster was, was too similar. Mm-hmm. You know, our left side of midfielder was pretty much the same type of player as our right side of midfielder. Mm-hmm. Our center midfielders were very similar to each other in some of their abilities and some of the things that they do well. So we were never able to really unbalance a team, you know, and we we had some partnerships that we thought were going to work really well together, and they didn't. Um, so now we have to look, um, you know, at what pieces do we keep and what pieces do we need to bring in to hopefully have some better partnerships, to hopefully have a team that maybe looks, you know, uh, the right side of the field maybe looks this way, and the left side of the field looks you know a little bit different. Um, so we have to really look at those things because you know looking back, there were too many pieces that were similar to each other, and we learned, we identified from that. That's why we made some tweaks and some changes throughout the year. Um, but you know that's just something that we have to assess and, and look at. But as far as the core of the roster, you know we made a lot of changes, which I think you know we needed to in in a lot of ways. But when we built it. Um, you know, there were probably too many guys that were, you know, a, a little bit similar in what they brought to the field. And, you know, and look, you know, uh, Precky admitted that, you know, the league has changed a lot since, uh, you know, he was in it in 2014. And, and look, that's, I don't care if, um, take the top coach in the world, whatever, Pep, right? I don't, if you're watching games on TV mm-hmm. as opposed to the bench, it, it's a lot different. So it's really hard to know until you're in it. And, you know, we made, I think the team made some tweaks and changes throughout the year because, you know, the staff saw that there were adjustments that needed to be made and we made some of those. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. So mm-hmm. um, heading into it with a, a clear picture of what the league looks like is, is going to be beneficial uh, for 2018. Yeah. And uh, I actually, I was something I wondered too is, you know, the league as it has been improving so much, 
Precky being out for about a year and a half. Um, so I was curious if that's something that may be affected. You know, is his style as effective as it used to be? You know, I wondered about that, but maybe it was more personnel. Do you have an opinion on that? I think his style is effective everywhere. I mean, I think what he tries to do, it's just we had some pieces that were missing to, mm-hmm. to make that style work. And, look, that's that's going to happen, um, uh, you know, with player recruitment and bringing guys in. Some guys are going to perform, some guys aren't. Yeah. And some guys maybe you thought were going to bring this ability to the field and maybe, you know, they were not quite there with that ability that you thought. And so you have to, you have to learn from him. But, no, I think uh, – what he wants to do can be effective, but you have to have the right pieces. And look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that we were missing some of those pieces this mm-hmm. year, and now we have to go get them. Yeah, and we were talking before, um, all of that is still in the works. And so uh, let's talk about those improvements you were just mentioning. Um, some players that you thought uh, were good additions. Um, what were some of those that you thought worked out nicely? Yeah, I mean, you have to look first at, uh, at Christian. And, you know, look, man, he didn't get the double-digit goals, which is, you know, something that he wanted to do and, mm-hmm. and needed to do for us to be successful. But the amount of work that he put in, the, the amount of pressing that he did, mm-hmm. um, you know, really never missing the game because of injury. Yeah. Um, and he played, you know, it's not often that your center forward is going to log, you know, the most minutes in your team. And um, that's a good thing and also probably a bad thing for us yeah. that we didn't have the consistency up the spine with minutes that we wanted to. Um, but, you know, so you have to look at him, just the amount of work he put in our system and the pressing and the work that he did, um, and he scored some goals for us, and, um, you know, but uh, he knows that he's got to produce more, but we have to give him some other pieces to help him produce more. Um, and I other- think that was an early, that's something that people identified early, was giving him more chances um, that he needed to put those away. Is that something you, you would credit him to as well? He needed more chances? Yeah, I think he, you know, he needed service to come to him in some different ways that maybe we weren't always willing to provide. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that we're going to try to complement here in the offseason is bringing some pieces that we're gonna, that's going to help him uh, in that regard, get some more service, get some more opportunities. But, you know, he, he was a workhorse this year. and. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, really grew, grew as a, as a player and as a person, you know, understanding some of that, some of those responsibilities. Yeah. And, um, how about, it also looked like he was, he worked better with a partner who could run his butt off. I I liked him with, with Jackson up top with him. Is that something that you thought worked well having Jackson up there or was there, what do you think worked best this year as far as what they did? Uh, nothing because we didn't (laughs) score enough goals and didn't win. Right. So nothing worked the best. Um, (laughs) No, we need to become more athletic up there with him because Christian's a good athlete. But I guess let me some... rephrase the question. I think a better way to ask it is what kind of player do you think you would look for next year moving forward for Valeski, say he's back? Yeah, no, so we need another good athlete up there with mm-hmm. him, somebody that can help open the game like Christian can. Yeah. Um, we need uh, some size, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a target-type you know, guy, especially in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. is how you know how important that is to have somebody when a team sits deep can uh can get to service in the box and is brave and get across that near post um and do some of those things so mm-hmm. i think we need both of those attributes now the question is are you going to find uh, a target striker that you know has really good pace to get in behind that's hard so maybe you have to get you know a guy with some pace and some athleticism but then mm-hmm. also some guy a guy with some size um, that can also play with his back to goal, maybe hold the ball up for a Christian to run off of, hmm. some of those things. So I think it's going to be you know, a couple of different pieces there. Yeah, you gain one thing, you kind of lose in other ways for sure. Um, as far as even pressing, if you're a big old target 
forward can he run his butt off the whole right day? you have to be able to work and, and do those things yeah and so my other thought with that too is maybe finding a target forward um changing the way you play away and at home um i've heard from different people about you know having to back the press off a little bit mid-season um in fact let's just talk about that first there were tactical changes throughout the season um can you give us maybe a, a small timeline or quick timeline of, of what we we started with and some changes throughout the season so i think the first change happened when ivan went down yeah. and look i'm not going to make excuses with injuries because other than louisville i think everybody in the league has had injuries yeah. um they, they've been consistent and credit to james and those guys um you know i think so when ivan went down it right away it tweaked what we what we were trying to do and what we could do uh, so then we brought in Tony, you know, to mm-hmm. help in that role, and Tony did a great job for us. But he's different than Ivan, yeah, um, very. you know. So I think uh, timeline-wise, there. Uh, from there, I think any tweaks that we made from a tactical standpoint were based on uh, personnel that was available, and then based upon just performance. Mm. Um, there was nothing um, calculated or scientific ahead of time like hey when we get to this point in the season we're going to tweak this we yeah. just we you know the staff made the adjustments that they felt they needed to make because either how guys were performing or not performing mm-hmm. and then kind of what we had available due to you know injuries or suspensions or you know different things that happened during the season so um, we definitely made a few changes but um, you know I think uh, going into the preseason we need to be prepared you know and, and have a plan b in case plan a isn't working that's something that we've talked about with the staff that, look, if we want to do this as our main thing, that's great. Yeah. And then, like you said, maybe that's play a little bit different away from home or, or whatever. But you're trying to establish a style. You really want to hammer that style home. Mm-hmm. But now you have to, you know, kind of tweak it a little bit and, um, you know, perhaps for some things. So we're going to look at that hard. We're going to talk about misconceptions from the fans. One, I think one um, thing I think people are a little unsure about, uh, I meant to bring this to your attention earlier, but it just crossed my mind when you said that, that um, there wasn't, and early on especially, a consistent starting 11. And so I wasn't sure if that was to kind of try to keep people fresh or whether it was just picking the best guys in training for the week. Was there a philosophy in that or was it just you were dealing with injuries? Do you know what that was? I, you know, I think it's a tough one to answer for me because at the end of the day, I'm not the guy that's choosing yeah. the starting 11. Now I, I, I get a heads up on who they're looking at. Mm-hmm. I think changes in the lineup were probably based on the following. One, performance. I think with the staff, uh, they expected guys to go out and play very, very well every game. And if somebody had a little bit of an off game, um, sometimes they moved out of that first 11 mm-hmm. um, immediately, whereas maybe other times they would maybe get a game or two to kind of get their feet back you know under them but sometimes they were just pulled mm-hmm. from the lineup for performance too I think was um, just a little bit of uh, of some injuries and some small things where maybe a guy had to miss a game or two because of that um, so I think it was a variety of things and then the other one was you know because it was uh, a new roster trying to give the guys an opportunity you know the whole idea was for us to be playing our best soccer uh, at the end of the season and in some ways we did other than not finishing off the games, you know what I mean? And some of our best ball movement created creating chances, you know, some of the you know, some of the things that we wanted to be about, uh, we did pretty well at the end of the season. We just gave away too many points at the end of games or didn't finish our chances early in the game, so it didn't matter at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the rotation of the lineup I would say would be based upon those reasons. Yeah, that's good. Um, how about um, players that ended up you know, leaving throughout the season, you had to kind of, you you said we weren't as athletic as, as you liked. Uh, you've said it a few times throughout the season. Um, can you give us examples of, of 
maybe people that just weren't quite what you needed for this style of soccer? Yeah, so I think if you look and you know, we brought in uh, we brought in Emma uh, Appia because you know he was different than what we had. Mm-hmm. You know he could take guys off the dribble. Yeah. We thought you know some guys that we brought in were going to have that ability and they didn't do it. Yeah. So we had to make that change and and I think he came in and did well for himself. You know he uh, it was unfortunate that he got injured, um, but that was probably because he didn't have a preseason. Yeah. So his body probably wasn't prepared and. You know, look, we brought him in, and I think he scored the goal on the road in Richmond. Um, and I think he was dangerous in creating some things. And when we, he went down, uh, we lost that. And um, so that was, you know, we brought him in because we needed that component yeah. a little bit. Uh, DJ was somebody that was able to stretch the field for us. You know, um, he was able to open up the game a little bit and give us some more space to play because there was a threat uh, with some pace. And, um, you know, so that tweaked some things there. And, you know, so I think it's just a matter of uh, trying to really assess, you know, what we what we have and what we need to go get. And we were able to do a little bit of that during the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in some other ways, you know, we just uh, we, we weren't able to uh, to make it all all work. I've been asking around and no one's given me answers except for the fact that I know Appia was, you know, playing, trying out for MLS squads early in the season. But where on where on earth did you find him, and how was he available? Because I thought he looked like a really good talent. Yeah, no, I think... Someone with, you can use in a certain way. Yeah, know? no, I think with Emma, I think is, you know, he's kind of been in that kind of middle zone, so to speak. So, he, you know, he was yeah. at Colorado. He got sent to Charlotte. He didn't play very much. Then he went to sporting. He really didn't play much with Swope either. Right. Um, so he's kind of just been one of those guys that has been waffling between the first team and the second team. And sometimes when that happens, you know, you don't get those consistent minutes. And, you know, I think he, he fell victim to that, so to speak. Yeah. And then he, you know, had a couple of trials. And look, us and everybody else in the USL, when you get to a certain point, you like to have your roster set. Mm-hmm. So now when he didn't get those MLS opportunities and we're getting phone calls, it's like, yeah, no, we think we're okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we ended up not being okay, right? So we had to, you know, go find some of those guys. And, you know, he's one of them that we were able to bring in that helped us. Yeah, and so uh, let's also talk. I think this is the last kind of negative thing I'm going to ask you about. Uh, uh, I doubt it, but that's okay. Yeah, Sorry. maybe. <laughs> I'm nicer than some <laughs> other guys. Um, no, um, Angulo. Obviously, I, I got to go see him play um, two nights ago, and uh, still dangerous. Obviously, did well for OKC. Um, not so well in this system. Tell me about that and how you felt about that. It's that simple, Jose. Uh was a guy that was, you know, struggling within our system. I'm not saying that was his fault. I'm not saying that was our fault. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't working. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you try to find the right opportunity for guys to have success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going there was an opportunity for him to have success. And he did. And, look, I understand. that. Look, we had chances to move him into the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. and we didn't. Um, because you know, we didn't want him to, quote-unquote, hurt us yeah. as we are trying to make the playoffs. Because <laughs> right. you, you know as soon as you move a guy, he's going to bang in some goals and, yeah. and have success. So we specifically tried to find some place in the West. Um, maybe if he would have gone further west instead of just down the highway, it wouldn't have hurt our fans so much. Maybe sure. not. Um, no, but, it wouldn't have mattered. You know, I mean, just, <laughs> uh, happy, happy for him that you know he found a spot where he was able to produce mm-hmm. and wish it would have been here, but it didn't. Look, then that doesn't mean that – it couldn't come back here in the future and produce. I mean, mm-hmm. no, you know, nobody knows those things. But um, I realize from a fan perspective that that's tough, and that's a really hard one. I get it. Yeah. It was tough for me as well. Um, you know, but it just wasn't working here, and sometimes you have to look you know, what's best for that player and try to give them that, that opportunity. He was a good pro. He worked hard. Yeah. I mean, he did everything. It, it just wasn't clicking here, and sometimes that happens. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, 
maybe you know it ended up working well for for him for sure. Um, so let's talk about them. I don't know how much you can tell me, but we have two guys on loan. He's one of them, at least that I know of. Um, Irvin Herrera is another. Can you get us up to date on, on that? Where we stand with those guys? Yeah, obviously Irvin's in the uh, you know the championship with uh, with the Cosmos, um, so that you know they play next week. Mm-hmm. You know Irvin kind of was doing well at the beginning of the season. Got called into the Gold Cup with El Salvador, which is huge for him and, yeah. and to, for his opportunity. And then he got injured during that training camp. Oh, I didn't know that. And when he came back from the training camp, you know, struggled to get back into the lineup with the Cosmos, got in a little bit, and then, um, you know, really has not been in for a while. And mm-hmm. I think, look, any team finds their rhythm, they're going to stay with that rhythm, and it's hard to get in. So um, kind of stinks for him because he was kind of playing well and then gets a chance to go with the national team and then gets injured. I did see him play – uh, in Houston, when El Salvador played uh, Canada in the mm-hmm. friendly, and I thought he played very well. Um, you know, we keep in touch. We're regular conversations, and um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the future brings for him. Um, you know, we announced when we loaned him out that we had signed a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're getting towards that window of seeing what uh, what New York wants to do and and where things go. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Irvin can, you know, get healthy and, and really, you know, do something. And then with Jose, we're, you know, we're same conversations with Oklahoma City, trying mm-hmm. to see is that going to be uh, the right fit for Jose? Um, what does that look like? Um, it's a different contract situation uh, there, but, um, you know, obviously they just got done and, you know, so we'll, we'll see where things go on that side of things. Yep. Um, so right now, what are you doing? There, you know, you mentioned exit interviews earlier. What is what is the main goal for, like, say, this week, next month? Yeah, for for this week is to um, try to stay away from social media, so I don't see that Swope and Louisville are playing in the final because that hurts all of us, right? Doesn't matter if you're a fan or if you're front office, but yeah. look, good for them. I mean, it doesn't matter. Look, for me, if it was. Uh, Toronto 2 and Seattle 2, it still hurts because you're not in it. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. If they're down the street, whatever. Yeah. Um, it hurts that, uh, that you're not you know, you're not playing and, and getting that opportunity. But we didn't earn it, so that's what it is. This week is uh, finishing up exit interviews with players, um, You know, continuing to look at what guys are going to come out as free agents, mm-hmm. um, where are we going with the roster. We actually have some uh, big academy projects going on this week towards the end of the week. We're working on budgeting for 2018. Um, for the entire organization, looking at all those things, trying to put everything together, but a lot of just uh, assessment analysis, getting um, player profiles uh, built by our video guy that will send them to us so we can look at and see, okay, does this guy fit? Does that guy fit? And just, of your own players or um, everyone? Uh, of, of other players, okay. available players. Gotcha. Um, and then trying to you know start getting to some decisions on, on uh, you know what, uh, what that group's going to look like in 18. Yeah, so I'm curious about the exit interviews. Um, it can be a really vital thing to get that kind of information. Is there anything that you've asked in the past that you've been able to implement into improving the team? Yeah, for sure. Like the way we travel, you know, that was a big thing in, in the first two years is, um, you know, we, we've changed the way we travel mm-hmm. in terms of what time we try to leave. We try to, you know, we're more cognizant of sleep patterns and stuff. Um, it's harder in the Eastern Conference because you're flying into smaller markets for the most part, and there's only so many flights a day that go into Harrisburg or Richmond or some of these places, so you're um, you're doing that. So we've made some changes in, in how we travel. Um, we made some changes in, um, uh, you know, some of the, the way we use video and player 
um, you know, scouting and, and leading up to games and different things that way. Hmm. So those are some feedback that we got in the first two years, and we're getting more good feedback this year. Hmm. Um, and the majority of it is is really positive, but there's absolutely things that we have to look to uh, to make better here. If we, like I said in the, earlier in the conversation, if we want to stay up with everybody and, and get to where we know this thing should be, yeah. then we have to keep making some, some changes. Yes, yeah, players talk, right? They mm-hmm. know what teams treat them well, and, and almost hearing those negative things, if you can improve those, it, it helps – in multiple yeah, the good news ways. here is because of the facilities and because of the infrastructure we have, there's a lot of things here that are really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's also things that here that are challenges. And you know, we went through some of those challenges this year with the flood, and you know, lost the grass practice field for a little bit, but it popped back, and we were able to train on grass the rest of the year. I didn't that know that. Good. Yeah. Oh, so, I thought you always trained out here. No, we trained on the grass behind the stadium. So we have a field there that was ruined by the flood. So we were. Mm-hmm. Moving around, training at different spots. Um, you know, it's not easy to train on turf when it's 110. Right. You know, and that's not a, a safe thing or a good thing to do. So, you know, luckily we were able to get that field back and 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 got through it. But um, yeah, there's a lot of good things here, but we're we're always want to see if we can make things better. So you touched on uh, videos of, of players to look at. Um, I was I've been really curious for a while. What does scouting look like? Um, is there a scouting department here? Like, what is that for St. Louis FC? <laughs> Yeah, so for St. Louis FC on the scouting department is kind of it's um, tackled by everybody in the technical staff and and myself included. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a video analyst that um, uh, will put together player profiles. So if we you know we see somebody we like, whether it's an, an agent sends us a, a name of a player that's going to be free, or somebody that if it's an international guy that wants to come to the states, there's also certain areas that we actively look for players. Um, but we just get tons and tons and tons of agents or you know teams reaching out and, and stuff that way so if we see someone that kind of fits our profile then he puts together a player profile of them that will have full game video clips um uh, interviews you know so if somebody gives an interview and they fly off the handle and hmm. that's a, a could be a red flag could be a good thing right you know depending <laughs> um so we're just constantly trying to build what are they what's their character look like uh what does their technical side look like and is it going to be a good fit here so we build that and then we'll, the staff will sit down and go through, say, those profiles and look at players. Um, so we do, you know, have a little bit of a, of a scouting staff, uh, you know, within that. Um, there's some crossover between our academy scouting staff and the and the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting things put together that way. So it's just a lot of, a lot of phone calls, a lot of checking into character, you know, references, former coaches that have coached them, what are they like, former players that have played with them, um, teammates, I should say, and then just really at the end of the day having, you know, conversations or, you know, Skype so you can see somebody's facial reactions when you're talking to them, hmm. uh, those yeah. type of things. Just, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, you know, we don't just look at an Excel sheet and say, okay, this guy makes this much money <laughs> and he did this, we'll take him. There's a lot that goes into it. And it's not perfect science, sure. you know, obviously. Um, but we were more and more is going to that recruitment process. Yeah, and I can say um, I think every year seems like we get kind of more and more solid guys in in that way. So um, I can tell the interview process seems to be doing its job. Um, how about agents? What's it like dealing with agents? I'm, I've just been kind of curious. Um, it depends it, which one it is. Right? There's a negative <laughs> connotation, right? So yeah, there's some guys that if their if their name pops up on my phone. I'll decline it and call them back when okay. I can. There's other guys I always pick up, um, and That's I'm joking. Good. No, there's there's a bunch of guys that have um, you know done really well uh, in the league, not just for us, but in the league with mm-hmm. you know opportunities. And look, at the end of the day, um, uh, all of them are looking out you know for the best interest of their players, which yeah. is what we all do for our kids and you know and our family and stuff. We look out for their best interest, so mm-hmm. uh, we have good relationships, and you know a lot of them have really been helpful. I. I 
I'd say most of their job is to just get your eyes on someone mm-hmm. who is talented. You know, obviously everyone has a certain level of talent or else they're not going to be there at all. Um, where all are these agents all over the, the world? Where do yes. you mostly look? And I know um, there's international tags or roster slots. How does that work? Yeah, we have seven inter- seven international spots that, okay. uh, that we're allowed. Um, Canadian players do not count as an international in our league. Um, so um, seven international spots that way. But, um, yeah, we get, you know, phone, phone calls and messages from guys all over the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are uh, less than... I don't know what the word is, but you know, you're you're not. Some of them, you know, you respond to an email. Thanks, we'll you know add them to our list and look. And other ones that you know. So I would say there's a good pool of guys that we work with that we you know kind of continuously count on, and and that expands, right? So um, Irvin's agent, it was mm-hmm. the first player we've ever signed from him. Gotcha. Um, but now we have a good relationship, and you know that's grown and going into different areas. Um, some other guys we've had players from them before, and you just continue to build, you know, your network. Uh, definitely. Uh, let's talk about kind of what you do on, on a daily basis other than what we've already talked about, but what is throughout the season, what is your, is there like one thing you spend most of your time doing? Um, no. And I think that's probably, you know, a little bit of something that we're working very hard on to, um, streamline Mm -hmm. or to narrow down the day-to-day task of the staff. Look, when we started this thing, it was going to be myself, Patrick Berry, um, <laughs> one sales guy that was going to oversee tickets and corporate, and oh, wow. one communications director. Now we have a social media director, we have a communications person, we have a video guy, we have a graphic guy um, in the ticket department, so it's continuing to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. With more growth, um, allows my role to become even more defined, and that's always going to be some stuff on the field uh, with the technical staff and some stuff off the field with the operations and business side. Um, but we just continue to grow and grow. So my day um, will will look different um, in the future than it has in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably less involved in certain areas where we're making investments and then more focus in other areas, but always going to have uh, day-to-day oversight kind of, you know, as one of my big responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're starting to make some more investment in some areas, it's going to mean that I'll have to, you know, be less engaged, so to speak, in some of those departments. So, But one of the reasons I love this job is because every day is different. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, a big thing. You know, today is heavy on the meeting side and a little bit on the player personnel side. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be heavy on the budgeting for 2018 and the player side. Um, and then, um, you know, Friday will be uh, all academy stuff, you know, really we get some things that are coming uh, with that. So every day is different, which makes it challenging, but very rewarding. Yeah. And what is your role with the academy? Um, so we have a, a, uh, a technical management team, academy board mm-hmm. um, that, you know, just helps kind of, you know, guide, you know, things that are coming in the future, areas we want to focus on, where are we going to make investments. Um, also spend a lot of times uh, visiting with, um, you know, players and parents of guys that have, uh, either we think have a pathway to the pro or are currently trained the first team. So I'll sit down with Jack uh, Mayer and his, uh, his family next week. I met with nice. Aiden and his family the previous week. Met with Seth Steibel, a goalkeeper that we brought in at the end of the season who's in a gap year. Um, he'd be going to SLU in the fall, but he'll be with the first team next year. So I met with him last week, talked about Local his spring. Guy, I guess. Local yep, he's from He plays for the 19 Academy team. Great. He's injured right now. Um, but he's done very, very well this fall and did well when we brought him in to train. So I met with him to talk about what's your spring you know, semester going to look like so mm-hmm. he can be at training every day with the first team. Um, so it's just more of you know a little bit of guidance and just being another set of eyes, going out watching guys um, you know, and just 
you know, it, if Blake and, and Kevin need anything from me, you know, they, they ask. So Good. a lot of planning and kind of where we're going with it all. Yeah, I think you just listed off three guys uh, for us to look at, and I, I wanted to see if there was anyone else in the academy that, you know, who are the guys that you might call to say, hey, come train with us a little bit in preseason? No, so that's what I've been doing the last three weekends, and it's been nice because they've been at home, but also the investment that the club is making right. um, between the academy and the first team is, you know, now we have a video system and an uh, internal communication system where I can watch any of our academy team's videos in there, um, even when they're on the road. So if they're on the road, everything gets uploaded within 24 hours. Nice. It's all clipped up. So if I want to see how Aiden played because he wasn't with us, mm-hmm. I can watch him. If I want to watch a U17 player to see how he's progressing, I can go and watch just his clips, or I can watch the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're getting better and better on that side of, of things there. But I'm not going to throw out any names yet because, sure. <laughs> you know, I want those guys to stay on their toes. But I've been, ver- been very impressed with um, – you know, where the overall academy program is going. Mm-hmm. And are there more Jack Mares, uh, Aiden Stanleys, Mateo Kids? Um, Josh Sargent? Yeah, <laughs> Josh Sargent. Are there more of those in our pipeline? A hundred percent. Great. And, you know, going out this weekend and seeing some of those guys, there's going to be, there, you know, there's going to be some more guys getting an opportunity. Very cool. Um, uh, how about local colleges? Uh, it looks like, I think it's St. Louis Community College had an incredible year. Um, SLU is going to be in the playoffs. I think they have a game tonight. SIUE always sends at least one player to the combine, it seems like. Do you keep an eye on them as well and talk to the coaches? Yeah, for sure. So with our, our scouting system that we have, um, you know, scouting players both for, uh, you know, the academy as well as with the first team, mm-hmm. you know, we have guys out at games and then they fill out reports. Um, I've been out to a handful of games this year as well. Yeah. Um, the great thing now, too, is it, nothing like being at a game, but, you know, with ESPN3 or watch ESPN, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Fox Sports, you can watch uh, a ton of college games online um, compared to, you know, three, four, five years ago. So yeah. if you want to, you know, catch, you know, something and you can you can do that. So I've spent a lot of time. You know, kind of looking, but the the college scene is a tough one because, at the end of the day, if a guy you know gets an opportunity to go to MLS, he's you know that's where he's going to look for. So we could sure. find somebody um, that maybe people didn't know about, like a Parker, right? Yeah. So Parker was under underlooked. We saw him, we knew it, we had a relationship with him, and look, we made it work. It was good. Um, Ledbetter is a different story. You know, he grew up in the club, got drafted. We, you know, we. Knew that he may end up uh, back here, but we had to kind of wait through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just different for everybody um, that way. But we spent, you know, we've been out definitely watching those local guys, and there's a good Division Two, um, you know, conference in the area with the GLVC, and you know, and then you got Lindenwood, and I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of good soccer here to keep tabs on on players. Uh, most definitely. Let's talk a little bit more about you. I was uh, trying to get a hold of you, and uh, you always respond really nicely. Uh, but I was curious if you'd be on vacation or something. You said you never get a break. Is, <laughs> is there a slow period for you at all? Um, there should be, but because of us stumbling on the field, there isn't right now. Okay. Um, so I had to explain that to my family, and they get mm-hmm. it. You know that we were planning on getting out of town and doing something here in December, but that's not going to happen, and that's mm-hmm. okay because that's a commitment that is demanded by our leadership that we get things uh, going right. So, you know, we'll just have to, you know, uh, put that time aside and, and get it some other time. So um, you would usually December, January should be a little bit of slow time, but the league has changed. I mean, we just got a note. We'll be down at the uh, at the Combine and USL meetings probably the second week of January. So mm-hmm. that'll be 10 days there um, with those type of things, looking at players and where's the league going from a technical standpoint, from the academy to the – 
to all the way to USL. Where's the league going? Um, so it's a it's a busy time, but you know, hopefully around the holidays, uh, you know, definitely get a few days. Where's the league going? I, I forgot to ask you this earlier. East or West next year? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the question that everybody's right. everybody's asking. I mean, we expect to be to be in the Eastern Conference, but mm. obviously Division Two is in a little bit of a I don't want to call it turmoil, but a little bit of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, you know, which is can be frustrating, but can be exciting. Yeah, you know, if some of these things happen, that could happen. It, could it was be, nice to have the Rowdies. It could be, yeah. It was, it was good to have them, Fury. them in, and um, and Ottawa come in. So you know, you just you never know what's gonna what it's gonna look like. Yeah, and does it matter? Do you build the team any differently? Do you, oh, you absolutely do. Okay, you do. Yeah, which is why you know right now I know people are clamoring. You know, for hey, we need some player news. We need some of that. Um, it does matter, you mm-hmm. know, and um, it's it's different in, in each conference. It doesn't wow. mean one's better than the other. That's not my point. It's just it's different. And from a budgeting standpoint, travel's different. Going to the West is different than going to the East. Yeah. How many bus trips do you have? How many flights do you have? Um, so it's right now, I don't want to say we're in limbo because that's not fair. It's just, look, we love the USL and the league and what it's done for us. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, that once they get finalized will allow us to then – you know, we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes that we just can't put out publicly right now, and I know yeah. that upsets people. But you know, we have to make sure that uh, that we do our due diligence and everything. How about does it matter the player content? It sounds like it does. So it how does. how is it different? Are you allowed something you can say? You think? I would just say it's different. You know, uh, different characteristics of players that play in, in both divisions, and that doesn't mean you you know you could be successful in the West and not successful in the East. You can, mm-hmm. but I just think you have to really look at building your roster. Um, a little bit different depending on, on, on where you are. And okay. that's everything from how does a guy travel? Some guys don't travel well. Yeah. You know, now we're in the middle of the country. We probably do more traveling than anybody. But um, if all of a sudden we're, you know, say in the West, and or let's not even talk about East or West, right? Let's talk about 2019. The Central Conference is going to look a lot, you know, if that happens, you yeah. know, that's going to look a lot different. So how, does, how do guys adjust playing uh, in those conditions and what is that you know, what are the teams in that division? How do they play? What's their style? What's their field like? You know, so it's you have to look shake at it up a lot. Yeah, you have to look at all those things. Yeah. You know, um, obviously the East Coast or the Eastern Conference, there's a, a fair amount of um, of turf fields. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the Western Conference, there's not as many. So you look at the age of the player, you look at the technical ability of the player. So there's a lot of things that come into play. Can guys be successful in both? Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's just you have to, if you're really doing your due diligence, you have to look at it. Cool. Uh, just a few more questions. Uh, some uh, I'm going to tee some up for you um, because I am curious. What are you know? What is the best part of your job? What's the thing you get excited about? The best part of the job is seeing passion. Whether it's you hope it's positive passion from a big win or a big result or something that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I said in the beginning, uh, passion when people are upset. And I know that may sound weird, but it's, look, it's uh, it's one of our core values. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we. Uh, we really, you know, value um, players that are passionate, coaches that are passionate, and, and fans that are passionate. So when um, you know when you see that, it's a that's a big, big plus. Yeah. And so, what's the most difficult part of your job? Um, you know, seeing disappointment on faces, whether that's when I uh, pull into the driveway and you know my mom and dad are season ticket holders and they don't live oh, here, no. so they stay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've snuck in my house um, throughout my years as a younger kid. And saw a disappointment in my dad's face, but when we give away a goal in the 93rd minute, and I mm. walk into the kitchen, and they stay overnight before they drive home the next day, and I see him, and it's just that that stinks. And when you see it on a season ticket holder fan who you know just um, took hours out of their day, and, and look, sometimes 
you know, losing a game is different than the way you lose a game. You know, if you yes. play really well. Even the and, way you draw a game. Yeah, and, and all that, 100%. So yeah. to see that disappointment, um, whether it's in a family member, whether it's my daughter, uh, my wife is, you know, she's used to ups and downs for mm-hmm. you know, almost 20 years, so, so that's okay. She gets it. Um, but you see, you see it in a family member, you see it in a season ticket holder, you see it in that first-time person that came to a game. You know, that we had a, you know, you see the excitement when it goes well. Mm-hmm. And you see, so that's probably absolutely, I'd say, the toughest. Cool. One last one. Um, I forgot to warn you about this. Is there a success story that comes to mind immediately, like even the academy, like some kid coming through or even a pro? Is there any story, anything that you look back on throughout the last several years, something that went really well and, and turned out really good for an individual? I would say there's a couple of things. One, I would say from um, like a, a side of the business that nobody sees mm-hmm. would be kind of our, our front office operations team or whatever. We have a number of people um, that started with us maybe in one role or started with us as an intern and have now over the course of two, three years developed into very influential, important people um, that uh, are important to to our organization and do a good job in our organization, I would say that's one level of successors. The, the whole, you know, behind the scenes that, that people don't see. And people that started with us as a young intern and now are really an important piece of what we do. I would say that would be one thing. I would say seeing the growth and development um, of our academy players that have been able to come in and get different experiences from it. Look, even even a Kazane who left and went to Swope, I mean sure. that that sucked. That was not fun, um, but it made sense for him and his family, considering you know his brother, uh, you know, working there and mm-hmm. living conditions and not having to travel from Carbondale and all that stuff. Um, or it's Aiden who you know kind of um, you know took the most of his opportunity and you know uh, you know some of those things and you know so it's just I would say those things. But I, I'm gonna go back again to the passion of the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, if people weren't upset then we we would definitely not be doing our job. So I would say the the amount of passion and how important this is to a lot of people really matters. Now we have to find a whole, we have to keep building, you know, more people that it matters to. And if we can do that, then I think we're, I think we're really, really going to be where we want to be, where we want to go. Cool. Jeremy's getting a million calls. I need (laughs) to let him go. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for taking so much time out of your day. Of course. No, I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.